Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Avengers and Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Mir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who needs no reason to do the disgusting stuff he does. <laughs> That's right. I, I want to keep it grimy and filthy as possible at all times. What's up? I'm Blake. And it's uh, not grimy and filthy, but uh, the weather's cooling down. The smell of cinnamon is in the air. Every time oh, I piss right, on the sidewalk, true. steam comes up. Like Christmas <laughs> is here. <laughs> it's here, man. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping my fireplace well stoked lately, which is uh, just totally gratuitous, but I love it. I love having a fireplace. It's like uh, there's just something about it, you know. You just you just it, it feeds your pyromania all night long. You just continue to throw things into it. And watch it burn. It's uh, it's like the world. I was gonna say watching stuff burn is pretty cool. <laughs> like the smell of burning wood is cool. It but is. Uh, but watching things burn. There's even a piece of paper just watching it. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Oh, I was obsessed with it. Like uh, when I was a kid, I there like I kind of lived like uh, it was like on a farm basically. So we had this acreage uh, back behind the place. It was like usually a cotton field, but there was like obviously long patches where it was just like dirt. And uh, anytime my dad got a delivery or something and got like a box or like cardboard box, I would always like make my way out there with like a bunch of matches and fireworks and just burn shit out there because I could. It was great. You know, what has been a side effect of people smoking less and people being more like cognizant of the dangers of smoking. Like one of the things when uh, when we were growing up is you would constantly have somebody telling you don't play with matches. Don't play. Oh, there was constantly. commercial. I haven't heard that in literally. It's it's probably been decades. It, seriously, no shit. Probably, like I don't think you have to worry about anybody playing with matches. I mean, even by the time we were kids, I mean, uh, lighters were had been around for a while. I would say more people use lighters, but uh, I mean, the smell of a match. I bought a blowtorch at the dollar store yesterday. <laughs> there you go. No wonder people. You don't have to play with matches. Do they have matches anymore? I mean, you know, guess, that's a see. That's a great. Great question. Matches are super retro. I was actually looking at this. There's like a cool website I look at. It's got like weird shit on it. Yeah. And uh, they were selling like it was like a vintage uh, matchbook, like brass matchbook. And I was like, dope. How cool is that? But then I was like, where the fuck do you even buy matches to fit in this thing? Because there was like the small yeah. matches. I was like, well, I guess they still sell matches at the at like right. Walmart and shit. But like, yeah, it was like a whole thing. I was like, dude, where do you even get matches? The and I'm thinking about like when we go to like my mother in laws for like birthday parties when they like the uh candles and so like they used to use matches but now they use they do use the like, long like, matches. Oh okay. Uh, but um, I I did I think they did that one time this past one of the past birthdays but it's usually a lighter like the and the long lighters too. Oh the, yeah. Oh and how so and like we've been thinking about doing this at the brewery for a while now and we absolutely now that we've had this conversation that we're gonna do it. Books of matches used to be the fucking coolest thing. When you go to a bar, you grab a few books yep. of matches. And then you would accidentally uh, pull uh, empty out your pocket so people <laughs> can see you were at the yeah. Regal Beagle or <laughs> the brass ass or whatever. Yeah. But, and like you, there was cool matchbook tricks you could do. There was like different ways to like strike a match mm. for somebody. Dude, lost art of matchbooks. We should make up uh, adventures and movies matchbooks and customers. we absolutely should i mean it was the classic way that people would pass their their digits yeah, between yeah each exactly. other. it was a classic Shit. that's how, how people cool would get that? caught in all the movies and so like, that's they would, right someone would open up and find someone's phone number in a matchbook 
Bridget five 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 seven six three two. There you go. I mean, even even right now, it would be so cool just to see a Circle K matchbook. I would be really <laughs> impressed by that. It's any, been anyone. so long. God damn! Now I'm missing the smell of. of I know, dude. <laughs> I could just I remember this is like when I was a freshman in high school. So oh, statute of limitations long gone on this, but I used to always carry matches around just to like shit. <laughs> but uh we were um we were, me and some friends were walking home and I just lit a match and threw it in a yard. Next day we were walking by and the whole fucking yard was burned. Oh <laughs> shit. Whole, and I look back on it, even now I'm looking back on it, I was like, God damn, that is fucked up. Like uh I'm not in here about any, you know, there wasn't fit fam back then, but I'm pretty sure like the fire department wasn't there or anything and no one was hurt or anything. And, uh, but, um, I mean, their yard was just like, they had grass and the next day it was just like black and burned. Dude, like, that's hilarious. So like, you're making me remember that like, well, so we're from a part of the world where, uh, we don't have water, everybody. So there's, yeah. uh, when you want to do agriculture, you have to have what, like, what we, what we call them out down here is drainage ditches, mm-hmm. but it's like a culvert. It's like a culvert with either concrete or dirt and it allows you to flow the water. And so, Yes, out in the West, there are tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds will accumulate in these drainage ditches. Yeah. And boy, howdy, if that ain't a tinderbox. It's <laughs> crazy. We live in a part of the of the country where they have burn bans. In a, you'll see some burn ban in effect. Burn, like people yep. burn yep. shit, but you have to have controlled fires here because it can yeah. get really bad. I mean, and, you know, the northern parts of the country, they, they I don't, they know all about the wildfires up there, but I mean, it can. Oh, yeah. It can get pretty wild down here. It can get pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, matches, a a lost art. (laughs) A lost (laughs) art. And I just saw my supplier for uh, gear and uh, accoutrement for the brewery. $137 gets us 2,500 books of matches custom made. Hey, buddy, that's the deal. Hey, that's a steal. I mean, that is so, I would love to have a book of matches. And just like if someone's like, hey, uh, can I borrow a dollar? Be like, oh, no, I never carry cash. But I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pull out my fucking public house twenty eight book of that. Um, we're doing it. That you know what that that would put that's something that's <laughs> that's gonna put us on the map, buddy. Yeah, that, <laughs> oh, keep an eye out for those. We might even raffle <laughs> some hey, on this. Yeah, shit. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Authentic matchbooks, and you might even find a number or two in this. <laughs> <laughs> the Bridget. power of the power of the matchbook. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things we oh. also miss this year because of that long old writers and actors, right, is uh, Dune. We we covered the original on here. Part two was supposed to come out in, uh, I think it was October of this mm-hmm. year. Just didn't come out. It did not come out. But uh, it is going to come out next year, they say. Um, hopefully there'll be no strikes or pandemics, like which what kind of affected the first one. But uh, they did release the character posters. And um, the first movie, when it came out, when they first released the trailer, I was like, eh. by the time, the, when the movie came out, I wasn't so impressed. But the trailer, that first trailer was amazing. And uh, looking at these character posters, I had that same feeling again. Like each one looks so cool. Like Florence Pugh looked great. And Timothy Chalamet looked great. And, and Zendaya, like all the characters. But Batista, every single one looked. There wasn't a bad one of the bunch. And I know character posters we've kind of made fun of on this but on this show. But uh, these are some awesome character posters. They're awesome. They're, it's uh, the best way I can. It's sci-fi. They're, they're very very simple but they are definitely very sci-fi and uh who's it is it austin um butler the guy uh, who's playing um oh god uh he's sting's character in the, in the yeah he's his one. poster is like kind of straight on yeah kind of straight on it look 
these give their good glimpses at these characters finally and it looks very sci-fi i think it looks very yeah it looks very fitting um man i just you know you know me i'm i'm very very excited for this i like it and it's better because uh the character poses floating head posters or that's mm-hmm. you have to do that now i mean any any marvel movie especially an avengers movie i mean mm-hmm. you're gonna see some but these kind of um they don't fall into that same trap and yeah they're they're character posters and yeah they're doing these heroic poses or they're in the midst of battle or whatever but uh like you see, yeah sci-fi is a great way to describe it they kind of almost look like um almost like cards you would trade almost if they're mm-hmm. re- really really well done like florence Pugh, i kind of want a small thing about her that i read uh, people need to stop throwing shit at actors and actresses. Oh, man, so, what the hell? Yeah, you, you heard about that? She got hit at, I saw at, it. for... Yeah. Uh, oh, you, I haven't seen the video. But, I saw the video, I mean, man. I, I don't know if that's a way of showing, like, respect to someone, or, or I don't know if they just straight-up hate her, but it's like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Why would you throw something at her, like, at anybody? Like, it's... Yeah. Is it at least funny when she gets... I haven't seen it. You know, it's not, because it's like, it totally... You can tell it really takes her off guard. And it yeah. hits her like right, like right here, like right, almost right in the eye. And I, I don't know what it is. It's like some like plastic. It looks like a straw or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but yeah, you know it, that's dangerous, man. Don't don't throw shit. I go to a lot of heavy metal shows. Guess what? Nobody's throwing shit at the fucking heavy metal shows. So let's not throw it at our actors. And those are the shows that our parents would tell us, like, be careful. Right? right. <laughs> they don't throw no, shit at so those. They're very safe place. I when I was going to to college, I my junior year i would um sub some classes and uh at, at riverside someone threw a pencil at me and it hit me like oh. right there so it's it's not cool when you're hitting oh. something with something that can blind you it's uh, it's not Jesus. cool at all it'll really it'll, it'll really piss you off but um <laughs> moving on from that uh we've nicholas cage is one of our favorite actors on here and he's such he has such a resume and i mean you talk. You mentioned the name Nicolas Cage to anybody, fan or not, and they could just reel off five or six movies immediately, whether they've seen them or not. One of the movies that uh, I don't hear about very often, and maybe it's just me, but I think it's it's maybe not in his top five, but it's a really good movie. Is Lord of War from two thousand five, mm-hmm. <laughs> a long time ago? Uh, they're making a sequel to that one, and it looks like it's going to go into production early next year, and it'll probably be out shortly after that. But the creatively titled Lords of War. We'll be hitting our theaters soon, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I thought that Cage was good, and Nick, uh, Jared Leto plays his brother in it. I thought he did. He is a good actor, despite being a kind of a garbage person in real life. It seems like, but he is a good actor, and I thought the story was really cool. It's it's over the top, but uh, I just really enjoyed it, and I thought the character was really cool, and I would really like to see a sequel for it. Yeah, you know, it was funny that it's so funny you mentioned how like nobody ever talked about it because it's weird. I think it was the very first Blu-ray I own, I owned <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but I lo- I really liked that movie. I thought it was really quite good. Uh, it was like great background. Put it on, pay attention. It's just it's a solid movie for sure. So yeah, this is great. Apparently, uh, Scar a uh, Scar's Guard is is also appearing in this too. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh yeah. I mean, dude, sign me up. Uh, It'll be good to see Nick as much as we love wacky, wacky cage. Um, it'll be cool to see him kind of go back to maybe some more normal shit. Um, because he is, we is so good. So let's, uh, yeah, this will be cool. This will be cool. Yeah. And I think this is why this one doesn't get talked about as much as it's not mm-hmm. wacky Nick cage, but it also wasn't like the big blockbuster that uh, some of his other movies were. It doesn't have like the, the cage rage scenes, but it also didn't get any like, 
you know, uh, Oscar nods or anything like that. It's just kind of a middle of the road movie. Yeah, but it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's really mm -hmm. enjoyable. You know, I bet um, maybe the subject matter for the 80s was maybe a little bit too much, but um, it's very much in the mold of like that, that kind of over the top action. I think it might have done it might have been more memorable if it came out five, 10 years earlier. I think you're right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a man. God, there was all sorts of movies like that back in the day. huh? God, those were what an era. The, 80, the late 80s was like mid to late 80s. Such a weird. Yeah. So much weird topics for movies like Air America and shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, we can. Uh, I mean, a few weeks or a few months back, we talked about the 90s, how weird that was, because uh, we were talking about erotic thrillers. But <laughs> it's also when like indie cinema came to the forefront. Um, sure. The and Casper were in theaters and mm -hmm. <laughs> Wednesday Adams. Like she's super popular now because of Jenna Ortega. But. Christina Ricci kind of showed how popular she could potentially be. Oh, gee. Oh, yeah. Gee, yeah. Uh, 90s are really weird. And then that, like the <laughs> late 80s, mid to late 80s, where it was just like straight up action with uh, kind of undertones of racism in it. But yeah, <laughs> plenty. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting, interesting mix of movies. And uh, yeah. yeah, Lord of War, I think probably a little bit too late, but. Um, when I do talk to people about it, like 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 you and I are talking about, they do fondly remember it. So uh -huh. I, I hope that the sequel, uh, I hope it really does well. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. We talked a little bit about 2024, but I want to talk about one particular day in December. Genre of the future. And uh, December the 8th has a lot going on if you're a genre fan. And it gives you a lot of options too. You can stay at home and watch it via digital. Maybe it's a, Big time theater, block well, potential blockbuster. Some stuff is just kind of limited. You might have to hunt for it in theaters, but there's a lot going on in December the 8th. And uh, we'll start with one that I uh, I put on the list a few weeks ago. And I, I, I mis it was a mistake on my part. I, I thought it was coming out in November, but it, December the 8th, limited release, Lord of Misrule, good old fashioned folk horror. Uh, when we saw the trailer a few weeks back, I thought it looked really cool watching it now i mean i think it looks really really fun i love full core the setting looks great characters look i mean the imagery looks really good. it's about a girl who's been kidnapped and the mother is looking for her and she finds out that uh, the people of the village are into more than you would think the people of a small little village or maybe if you've seen enough mo uh, movies set in, in uh, the, the uk you might know exactly what you're in for but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it looks really cool to me yeah these village people ain't here for dancing man uh they uh <laughs> see uh, yeah I, I i'm just gonna echo you know kind of what you said i think it looks really great um i would i would tell people to watch the trailer um i think it's i think it's a good tone setter and uh the, man the that guy's got such a great voice yeah it's Perfect just so for good. It. love it yeah it's so good so i'll be i'll be looking forward for uh lord of misrule for sure we've discussed on here how we're not big fans of message movies so raging grace comes a video on demand on December the 8th. And it's about an undocumented Filipina house, uh, house, um, caretaker? caretaker. Yes. Yes. I guess. Who, uh, she's trying to, uh, pay for her way in, in England. She takes on a job to take care for a terminally ill man. And she discovers that family secrets. Uh, this looks like though, it's not just going to be hammering home, uh, uh, this a uh, uh, message it looks like this it, that's going to be a huge part of the movie but it looks like a genuinely tense and scary and it looks like a pretty interesting movie 
Yeah, it does. It does. I and I typically hate it when there's like a line on the thing of like text that's like bringing the horror of class and real. Right. It's like, dude, okay, cool. That said, I completely agree. I think this. I think this is walking the line like the right way. Um, and going to incorporate some really cool. Hopefully, um, like we talk about this all the time, we just don't get enough other cultures mm-hmm. uh, in in horror cinema and cinema in general, uh, but particularly horror cinema for us. And uh, yeah, I think this looks like it's going to have some twists and turns. Maybe the trailer gives away too much, maybe, but um, it still is very intriguing. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be your run of the mill like woke woke horror. I don't I don't think so. Yeah, this one looks like uh, a lot. It looks like it's scary, but it looks like it'll have a deeper meaning to it. The cello coming to theaters on the December the 8th. Now, I, I like the premise of this one just because it's like old school horror. And when I mean old school, say old school horror, I'm talking about like fairy tales, like the villagers would exchange with each other. Like It's about a kid who's uh, a musician. Uh, he plays the cello and he feels like what he has is holding him back so he gets a new cello as it turns out this cello is haunted i mean that's just like old school story dylan and i like the premise to it the trailer doesn't do much to it doesn't do much to 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 pull you push you away it doesn't really drag you in either but at least didn't for me but i do like the premise for it and uh, i mean the cello you just don't that's not something that you you're not we don't enter that world very often in horror no, you don't. Um, and this, uh, it's like it's got like definitely like a like a Middle Eastern flair to it. So it's, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be pretty interesting. I mean, Tobin Bell's in it. Is it Jeremy Irons? I mean, Jeremy got, Irons, yeah. It's got some some name power to it too. I I typically like like the cursed shit. You know, I love like cursed object stuff and stuff like that. So I think this looks really interesting. Um, a lot of stuff to watch on the eighth. Maybe this is one of them. And it isn't real. Also coming to VOD <laughs> on December 8th. I always, and there's so many holiday horror movies, and we're going to cover a couple right now. And there's a lot where Santa is uh, the exact opposite of the jolly fat man. He's <laughs> evil. And, and every time I like, every time I I, I, I see a horror movie where uh, Santa is the villain or someone who's pretending to be somewhere the kids me, I was saying like, man, that is like a great villain. Someone who's mm-hmm. Santa. There's the one from France, the, uh, I think it's called like Dial Nine One One Horror or something like that. that <laughs> it's like it's it's what people have said that Home Alone stole the idea from. It's oh about, yeah, yeah, that one. It's and Santa Claus is the villain in that, and <laughs> that uh, but he's kind of like a, a wet bandit type of thing. And the kid has the he has the uh, uh, um, booby traps, but they're like really really vicious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> cool. This one is about a woman who was attacked on Christmas Eve by uh, a person who's dressed as Santa. Uh, she wakes up uh, from the trailer. It's like she woke wakes up near a year later. She goes back to the cabin. And I think it's the same cabin where Santa initially attacked her. And then story kind of picks up from there. Um, it's a really cool premise because this Santa looks frightening. Like the mask is just so shitty, like scary in a scary way, not a bad way. That yeah, looks like a really, really cool villain. Um, I think Christmas ornaments make great tools for in slasher. <laughs> so this looks like this has some of that going on in it. I have one worry about it. We just talked about it with, with Raging Grace about uh, message movies. Mm-hmm. I think this could really, really quickly, like when they pull the mask off of this Santa. And then they say, if that's not a spoiler, in the trailer, they do say Santa doesn't wear a mask. I think when they pull off the mask and the person gives their motivations, there's a really high possibility 
that it can be very, very um, racially driven, very opinionated. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which which would take away from it for me because oh, uh, sure sometimes I just like crazy to be crazy. Yeah, we need more just crazy for crazy's sake. We don't. We need we need less messages and more just uh, mindless violence. Please, thank you. The uh, but yeah, I I think the Santa looks great. I, the uh, he is super creepy looking. This uh, you know sometimes when you see like kind of the the cast of uh, fodder, if you will, for uh, the killer, that you're kind of just like, God, just this. I, for whatever reason, this cast of characters looks cool and fun, and yeah. I like 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 you're gonna enjoy watching them all get slaughtered. Uh, yeah, this one, I, I uh, despite my misgivings, this one looks like one of the better options yeah. for this. So, yeah, I, I would say check it out. So, I saved Poor Things for Last for one very, very, very silly reason. But it's directed by Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos, Lanthimos. And I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong. So, that's why I was waiting. to this okay, one. Sure. Uh, I've talked about The Favorite a lot on this show because that was like my favorite movie of um, what 2019 2018 like i i love that movie that's not a horror movie it's not a genre movie it's um straight up historical historical uh comedy black comedy but uh he did um killing of sacred deer i mean that's genre cinema have you ever seen that movie yeah oh yeah Yeah, super uncomfortable very uncomfortable i didn't love it didn't love it i a lot of people had it really high on their lists like i wouldn't it wasn't it was a very very it was a few steps below the favorite (laughs) i I wasn't as enamored by it as other people were but great performances and super uncomfortable story Mm. (laughs) very dog tooth he did also i don't know if you've seen that one i've not seen dog tooth no that one is man the dude has his family um in their their house is kind of barricaded and he doesn't he hasn't let the kids know about the outside world and got a flowers in the Ooh. attic thing going on there <laughs> like a Uh-oh. fucked up fucked up movie but uh it's good it, it is good but um poor things is coming out and emma stone's in it willem dafoe's in it uh, mark ruffalo i believe is in this one yep. um this one looks like kind of like a it looks funnier and sillier um maybe a little bit racier and I don't know if it's scarier, but it kind of reminds me of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really, really cool. Like uh, this is coming out to theaters in December, and I absolutely am looking forward to this one. Yeah, this uh, Emma Stone's really great, <clears throat> yeah. and uh, this is—I uh, don't know—it's kind of like one of those roles. Like why we all love Johnny Depp is because he would have done like a role like this in his youth. You know, I think she's going to crush this role. Like, uh, it just looks like she's going for it, you know, and like you can just tell when like when it's just got it's this movie looks uh, like it's got a lot of whimsy to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that kind of stuff. I think this is going to be I think it's going to be a real feast for the eyes and and the imagination and stuff. And yeah, I'm a huge Emma Stone fan. So um, I think this looks great. And uh, check out the trailer, everybody. It's uh, it's something else. So. Well, yeah, the, the trailer will say more than we can ever say. Uh, we might be able to be more, more coherent, about it, but the trailer will, will, will tell you what you need to know about them. But Emma Stone, I mean, ever since Easy A, I want to say, yeah. I mean, she's just an amazing, amazing actress. And um, I know people are kind of split on La La Land. But, I mean, it's hard to deny what a great actress. Yeah, and then Willem Dafoe. I mean, there's really nothing oh, to say about Willem Dafoe. I mean, he's, the dude's amazing. And this is kind of like the perfect movie for him. Mm-hmm. 
But this looks like a really, really good watch. And um, yeah, Christmas season. So I'm pretty sure it's going to get overlooked. But um, you know what? If you have the chance, I would say definitely check it out. As we mentioned earlier, the holidays are upon us. And we have two holiday horror movies for everyone this week. The first one is called A Creature Was Stirring. It's the story of a mother who is carefully watching over her ailing daughter on during uh, Christmas. Uh, don't know what's what's uh, going on, but we do know two burglars have broken into the house and the mother is forced to confront her past. So I want to start with the ending. And there's a very specific, and spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the movie, but this is a new movie, so we won't ruin it for anybody. And it has a huge twist at the end. Um the ending for this so i'm gonna reference die hard because i think by law you have to mention die hard during <laughs> christmas so i don't know where you stand on it but i don't think die hard is a christmas movie um, and i think people think that or people say that die hard is a christmas movie based on two things it takes place during the holidays and there's a christmas party and to me that doesn't make a Christmas movie. Like the Christmas party is basically a business party. I know he wants to uh, he wants to go and see his family, but I mean, if you're going to consider to me, a Christmas movie has to like make you feel the spirit. And Die Hard, I love Die Hard, but it doesn't make me feel like Christmas. Exactly. It, it, it's it's a movie that is takes place during the holiday the Christmas holiday season. It is not about Christmas at all. It's, at all. At all, at and I all. think I think it was even released when it came out. I think it came out in like June or July or something. Makes, so makes makes sense. Sorry, yeah. I know it's going to piss a lot of people off. I know certain people in particular. It's probably making angry right now to hear us say this. Okay, it's not a Christmas movie. It's not. Nope. Well, I mean, I will Neither say this, <laughs> and that well, that's actually I was going to lead into because it's really there's if you're going to count Die Hard as a Christmas movie based on one scene, then. Uh, or one thing, <laughs> then you also have to count Psycho because that takes place. If I if I remember correctly, that takes place in December, and I know The Exorcist takes place during Christmas because the first time she pees on the floor and tells everyone they're going to burn her, that's at a holiday party. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So, yeah. So I mean, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then I won't dispute that. Then I would say that The Exorcist and Psycho are Christmas <laughs> movies. Then. Yes, I agree. Now we start that trend. Yes. Now. Um, Along those lines, The Creature Was Stirring is very much a Christmas-centric movie up until the last few minutes in which it becomes like just – I don't know how to say this. Like it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's a crazy twist, and but that twist would work in another horror movie. But, I mean, it takes away the Christmas vibes. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it caught me off guard completely. I did not see it coming, but – it ruined the tone, honestly, and it got me to thinking. Oh. And I, you, you actually, you already said it, but it almost made me think that this really isn't a Christmas. <laughs> so it's funny that we, to start talking about the end of something so quickly, but it is, uh, it, it's confounding that end, man. And it totally, well, discre- I don't know, discredit is the right word, right phrase. It, it just it takes away from the well, the entire rest of the movie to do what they do with it and it i can i'm can be i can say this frankly i don't i didn't understand it i didn't quite get i didn't get it and uh i'm not always an idiot but and i wasn't a total idiot in this case i don't think it was really confusing uh a really confusing choice i guess not that what you see is confusing 
but it's just conf- it's confounding. It, it, you, you're left kind of baffled by that whole thing. Uh, I, I was baffled by numerous things here. It's it's a very very weird decision because it does do one really good thing. It ties everything together um very similar to no reason in that every single character is accounted for and then this is a very small cast it it accounts for everything it has helpful flashbacks which i don't like when movies i feel like like they're like hey you're you're an idiot let me walk you through every single thing that happened yeah they do that in this with a a number of flashbacks it's it's not a novel twist we've seen it before i mean we 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 saw it very recently actually um yeah it just did not fit in this story and i guess they're foreshadowing it you you can kind of i I guess you can make that argument it's just so out of left field like it's almost like so this should have been an episode of the twilight zone like the the rob serling one back in the day this Mm -hmm. should have been like a 30 to 45 minute uh and it's it's an hour and a half that's you know nothing bad for horror but my gosh it's like this ending it's like it was just tacked on to this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there's a, there's an aspect to this where I was like, man, did they, did they literally start filming this pre-COVID or something, and then everything went out, shut down, and then, hey, we still got this thing in the can. I don't care. Just I don't know. Film some stuff for the end. I could have been. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's enough meat on this bone to have that to have happened for there to have been any longing for this movie to get made. Like it, I don't know who was this a writer director combo? Uh, no, it's not. No, ah, man, it's really confusing. It's really confusing. So like it, it definitely, so they're like snowed in, right? Like it's like right. the worst, worst blizzard of the century. Mom and daughter are snowed in and there's this, uh, dynamic there that, ah, it wasn't good chemistry between the two. Um, I didn't think very well at all. So their relationship was weird. So when you they get like some visitors that are not supposed to get there, and that's supposed to be like the whole like, well, now we gotta wow, what what's going on up here? And yeah, but did did any of it to you seem? It didn't feel like it was. Uh, this is really insulting, I guess, but it didn't feel like it was storyboarded out. You know, it felt like they had a script, but then they didn't like put that script into like, hey, how this is how it's going to look. Because even going from like upstairs to downstairs, things had different, different looks like the upstairs bedroom had like a much different. They shot it differently than -hmm. when they were downstairs. And like all of that, like it kind of pulls you to me. It was like really pulls me out of it because I kept thinking about it. I don't know. It's weird. So like the chemistry that you mentioned between the mother and the daughter. So one of the big, so it, it's the the first big, the first strange thing about this. And so, well, you know, ending aside, the really strange thing about this movie is it's called a creature was stirring. It's set during the holidays. It's about a daughter with a mysterious illness. So you're thinking, Oh, silly horror movie and silly holiday horror movie. And it's, I would say anything but that because there's like very deep themes going on here with religion and relations and your past and regret. Like it's some very serious shit for this type of movie and the mother and the daughter, you're right. Like the chemistry isn't there. I'm thinking, and I'm only thinking that because at first I I thinking like, I just thought the movie wasn't meshing together well, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking it might've been intentional because of the ending the ending made me rethink the rest of the movie made me wonder like okay what truly wasn't working 
and what was because of the ending and so my first takeaway was the uh the daughter i didn't like her at all like no I, no i didn't either. yeah i i thought she was abrasive she was too in your face she was very whiny understand her situation she's suffering from a mysterious illness um her mother is very overbearing and overprotective overprotective so i understood all that but it still seemed like it was a little much to me and then because of that, like you said, they, like they were, yeah, the characters are literally going they're They're literally uh, against each other, but um, yeah, it seemed like there was a lack of chemistry there and um, the story, it, it pretty much forces you to pick a side. You're either on the daughter's side and you, you, you're, you're thinking that, okay, the mom's she's extra or you're on the mom's side. She cares for her daughter and she wants to watch out. And, and you almost have to pick a side there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was a weird thing to have to do now, based on the ending, I under I, I think I understand why it's like that, but uh, I don't know the fact that I have to think about that, I think means it was poorly written. And I mean, well, we'll talk about other parts of it, but I, I don't know. Is I think that might've been intentional, I guess is what I'm getting at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I guess I could see that because, well, ultimately, yeah, you're not supposed to. The mom is so unreliable, right? And just so, yes. yeah. And that's very important um, as far as the storytelling goes here. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll get on board. I'll get on board with that. That, that <laughs> makes, that makes sense. You know, but, what, it t- but it took some convincing. <laughs> you know, what's a little harder to reconcile is the, the religion stuff. Oh, so, man heavy heavy religious aspect to this movie um but really it's just to serve the ending because when they first introduce it and there's a scene at the dinner table in particular where the mom is talking with one of the the home invaders and they have this little bit of a back and forth and i'm like well that's an interesting thing to bring up and they're they're really leaning into this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they just kind of drop it like uh, like the 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 girl who broke into the home like you can't get away from the fact that she's very really because she has a crazy back piece and like she's oh, yeah. constantly talking about it i mean the mom's name is faith i mean that's not a coincidence but yeah. it's throwing religion in at you a lot but it tends to ignore it for long stretches too so that also was very weirdly introduced and inconsistent. And then when the end comes around, you're like, oh, okay, this is why it was done. But that one for me was very clearly not done well. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's like, why? Well, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't done well. And I, there was just lots of decisions for this movie in general. I just, I, I'm, should we say, can, should we say what the monster is or is that too much of a spoiler? No, I don't think it's because uh, they kind of give I mean, you. I mean, it's kind of on the cover. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly, I did not know what it was. Really Whoa, said, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think the monster is really cool. It's a really <laughs> cool idea because you never. When oh, do you ever fuck. see this? Ever? I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where this is the monster. Where? Yeah. Where? Cupine? Where? Cupine? I mean, super cool. Like, um, and and then I thought about. It, I was like, hmm, porcupine. That's weird. And then I really thought about. It, I was like. Porcupines are fucked up little They're animals. Badass little bastards. Yeah. Dude, why- so the, the the face, like the transformation scene where we get the full face like pouring blood. Society-esque. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really One is. of the creepiest things we've seen all year, I thought. Like just Absolutely. really, really quite quite cool. So 
just yeah oh god i just saw the back piece again i'm I'm playing the trailer for it yeah just they beat you (laughs) over the fucking head so fucking hard in this movie so yeah anyway but great great transformation um in the one scene yeah and then just really creepy eerie uh great use i guess of of said monster at at times but confounding again as to why you would choose to do a fucking porcupine of all things. I don't know. Uh, maybe just offbeat, just to be weird and, and different and stuff. But also, okay, weird, weird choice. It's a weird decision. I'm thinking because of its defense thing. I'm thinking the needles sure. has something to do with it. Sure. The uh, idea oh, of ah, ah, the needles. Nah. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. I'm thinking, but the idea of the porcupine at first, I was like, oh, I think it's just because they want to show the the damage that was done. But um, then I really thought about it. I was like man if like a porcupine came at me or if you know whatever like i had to deal with the porcupine or i pissed a porcupine off like <laughs> yeah i wouldn't want to fuck with that and then if there's a giant porcupine coming at me like <laughs> shit, that i mean that taylor made for a b movie in the 80s but we never got it so, yeah <laughs> like, it needed shatner in it we needed shatner oh, in an 80s porcupine movie it would have been great it would have been super <laughs> awesome um and then like you said throughout the movie it's really well shot like there's only the one transformation scene yeah. um but uh it's constantly in the shadow and it looks really creepy in it the does. shadows like really well done like by far the creature design and the use of the creature was the most effective part of this movie yeah 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 it, it really was and then like the creepy other being thing i i thought i thought the imagery was 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 well done you know mm-hmm. I, i've maybe in in past reviews recently i have not been being as positive as i should even though this movie has some major things that i'm not very fond of boy the the monster design and use really really good I also I really like the lighting. Uh, you're right about the ah, way the yeah, upstairs right. and the downstairs are shot. Like, but uh, in the first like 98 percent of the movie, very Christmassy greens and reds mm-hmm. and blues. It's dark. Um, the even and the way the downstairs it's more it's lit a little bit more, but just a little bit more. It's like a mm-hmm. warm lighting to it. It looks really. It, it feels like the holidays in that mm-hmm. home. And then uh, the last uh, segment, it's very brightly lit. Like they've made it through their ordeal. They survived. They're moving on with their lives. Everything is rosy and mm-hmm. it's shot just to look like that. Like it's it's a happy ending. And um, I like the way that they use light in it. And up until the ending, which I, earlier said kind of ruins the whole vibe of it. This had a really good holiday horror vibe going on. Yeah, it did. It, what it reminded me of, um, like Creepshow creep show like the original like i love that 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 comic book lighting with the you know oh, saying, yeah. like the greens and reds and all that stuff and that's yeah. very present here yeah i love that um and yeah it, it, they had done such a good job with that that whole feel that the whole that last bit it com- feels like a completely separate thing a completely separate movie yeah really it took me out of it took me out of the spirit man <laughs> took me out of the spirit it does. It does. And, and and characters aside, um, the performances, I think with what they're given, they do a really good job. Like I was really, mm-hmm. I never thought like, oh, that was delivered poorly or or um, no. this character says like, like the, the the actual actors do a really good job with this. They, they do. Yeah. The the acting is yeah, Scout Taylor. Tom, uh, was it Scout Taylor Thompson? Uh, Com- yeah, Compton. Compton. Scott Taylor, Compton. Compton. Yeah. yeah. That uh, she's yeah, she's good in it. Yeah. Um, 
the the main uh the mom uh, what's her name yeah, chrissy for, Vince. Chrissy from, Vince. Uh, yeah this is us for those this who, is us yeah, yeah she's she's a really good actress um, she's great yeah she yeah, she's great um nothing i have no problems with any of the acting any of the performances even really i, I may not have liked the daughter but i think that daughter i think that's who that daughter was supposed to be yeah uh, for, i think she for, was for better or for worse right i so. agree with that she, i think she was doing her job so the performance was good the character meh, but the acting was really good say yeah exactly say what you want about that but um yeah there this is a rare instance for me where um there's a lot to like you know um but it left me wanting more i guess uh more of more what more of what i came for um and that's maybe not fully fair to the movie itself but you know that's kind of when you give me a a, a, you know holiday vibe movie that's that's what i want (laughs) yeah So um, a creature was stirring. It's it's playing in select theaters right now, but it will be hitting uh, VOD and digital soon. Let's see or no see. Oh, man, this was a tough decision for me, actually. Um, I wouldn't do theater bucks on this. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was a lot of fun for sure to be had. Overall, I think this is kind of a pass for me. Um, I, I, I don't I think I think the end really zapped the experience. However, you know, if you catch it, if you already got a service and it's on there in the holiday season, maybe next year or something, it's not the end of the world for for uh, for a holiday horror movie. But uh, I think there are better things out there. I would say for a holiday horror movie, like the first, yeah, like we were talking about, like it's 90, I don't know. I don't even know what's 90 minutes, but we'll just say the first like 87 minutes of it <laughs> fit the holiday vibe perfectly. Really good characters, really cool creature, pretty cool effects in it. And the, and the last... The, the the finale is going to be really polarizing for some people, but I I do think there will be because it's so out there. I think there will be people who'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so great! Did you ever see that movie that had this at the end?" And they'll love to talk about it. So, um, I would say check it out, but I I would say be very prepared for a crazy twist. Our feature presentation really highlights twenty twenty three and horror. With the notable exception of The Exorcist Believer, it's been a really good year for horror. And um, the past two weeks, or three weeks, I guess, uh, they kind of go together with it. A few weeks ago, we had our Thanksgiving special edition, and we talked about uh, a possible new iconic villain. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about It's a Wonderful Knife, and a villain that's already so popular that they've already appeared on the cover of fingoria the uh, it's a wonderful knife is the story it's a slasher it's a it's a good old-fashioned slasher that takes place during christmas killer he's about to go on a rampage before you even get the title of the movie he gets stopped that's right <laughs> here is past and people are dealing with the consequences of one character in particular is dealing with the consequences so uh it's a wonderful knife when you get the title, we were just talking about corny titles and premises. I was really worried this is just going to be like a straight up spoof of It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wasn't looking forward to that, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. Yeah, I was really not looking forward to that. I, I was like, you know, there was like a, I thought there was like a chance it could be fun. And you know what? You know, they 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 kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. So good. Good on them for. uh for subverting my expectations a little bit. And I I, I mean, we got to start by talking about Justin Long because he's the first character that we see. I'm pretty sure it's the first, first voice that we hear in this movie. 
Justin Long has really shown what um, a credit he is to, to genre filmmaking. Yeah. Um, he's amazing in this movie. I mean, like I, I every time he spoke with his over the top accent, like, his big his, ass teeth, his <laughs> fake teeth, his spray tan, like just an amazing. I mean, he's the dude. He's the he's the entrepreneur who wants to buy up the town and who doesn't really like Christmas. He he's <laughs> yeah. he's all about the money. He's classic Christmas villain, and I loved him. Yeah, he was he was absolutely great. And again, yeah, just to echo what you said, the uh, I I love that he is. I mean, you see him in all sorts of different roles all over the genre, and uh, he doesn't. Um, and like this is one where you could you could have easily been like, oh yeah, he really yeah he was in it, but he phoned it in hell no no phoning in on this one man he he was all in and uh it really to me uh in a way it kind of made the movie that he was so into this character it's um and you know we kind of saw and we've talked about barbarian on here we've talked about house of darkness on here and there's a little bit the characters are there each one is different but there's similarities between all Mm -hmm. three of the characters but i think what makes the performance in this one really cool and what makes it the casting really really different is that joel McHale is in this mm-hmm. and joel McHale could easily have been the roger waters like the the evil dude because joel McHale oh, is always totally. the smarmy smart ass like handsome you know too funny guy he should have he could have been the bad guy but joel McHale, he he's a very serious down to somber like i don't know if i've ever seen him in a role like this and it was really cool to see him in a different type show he shows off his range here yeah he's he's man I, i've always really enjoyed him you know and uh uh it is cool to see him you know he it's not a joke joke role at all you know he it's mm-hmm. not there's nothing fun about his, his role and no. uh yeah it was really cool it, it's cool to see like both these guys both these guys really get into their roles here and uh Again, yeah, you're right. If it weren't for if it weren't for him doing his uh his due diligence here, it would have taken you out of it. And he did a great job. He's excellent in this. And we need to talk about the villain, the angel. I mean, the angel. I love the look. It's all white, almost like oh, yeah. uh like an like a nurse almost or a nun. It, oh, and, yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me of the nun from Exorcist Three. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just a mask is just pure white. No, no expression. No eye holes. No nothing at nothing. all. Like it looked. It's incredibly scary character. I I love the clean look of it, and uh, it's perfect to build a franchise. <laughs> Like, I mean, this might be the best. Um, and and no, I mean, apologies. I get I all apologies to to the John Carver character, but this might be the best new potential franchise uh, slasher that we've seen in quite a while. Yeah, you know, uh, we might be. Yeah, we. This has been a good year for slashers, and uh, that we've to get two kind of new ones uh, this year, and that might have some staying power. That's. Boy, that's saying something, and yeah, you, you can definitely. I don't know, I don't know how many Spirit Halloween, uh, it's a wonderful knife, uh, themed costumes we'll see this year, but um, I hope we do because it is, it's creepy as shit. It, it's kind of, uh, well, you can't tell if it's a, a man or a woman. It, it makes you, it, it's, it's the perfect costume for uh, making anyone the killer. So yeah, it's, it, it's a really cool look, really cool look. Yeah, it's really cool, really great. And then uh, 
Winnie is our our main character, Jane Whitup. She's in um Yellow Jackets, which I still haven't oh, seen. Like yeah. really got to get around to that damn show. She's a really good now. Calling her a final girl might not be entirely accurate because she's um she, from the from the get go. She she's got she's she knows what she's doing. But mm-hmm. uh, as we'll just for lack of a better term, we'll refer to her as a as a final girl. And uh, I thought she was excellent in that role like very very strong character i i thought she was super fun to to it's a good character really fun to watch i was like rooting for her the entire time and like i can see her in in more movies if they were to go that direction but uh i thought she was great like and she would fit perfectly in any of those 80s or 90s slashers oh she's got the look man she's just got that yeah. ah she just really has that look and yeah she's she's really good i you know sometimes when those like um like the the leads are that strong of a of a personality, it's like off putting. And we've mm-hmm. definitely seen that over the past, you know, course of this podcast for sure, um, numerous times. And I was a little worried about that when you know we kind of first get her vibe, her vibe check at the very beginning of the thing. But it, man, it really works well because her um like uh, tenacity, I guess is the right word, is really the driving. F- force behind the movie and she's totally a character you can get behind and you don't feel like she's an idiot or you're not you're never like why are you doing that you dumbass you know if she's got purpose to to pretty much everything she's doing even if she finds herself in you know the, the killer's grasp more than once yeah i thought she was a lot of fun and uh could totally yeah like you said could totally see more of her uh in in this series and to add to the characters, like to have an OP final girl is one thing, but you do need her to have friends. And she has her, uh, she makes a friend, Bernie, or or weirdo, as as the rest of the town knows, or everybody in town seems to know her as. She was a really good second, I thought. So uh, very important for this kind, because this is a very derivative movie. It it is. I mean, the, we're talking it up right now, but there's. It, it was done by Michael Kennedy, who wrote Freaky recently, which is the movie with Vince Vaughn, so, uh, so becoming a like a sixteen year old old high school girl mm-hmm. uh, um the uh this, this is a very derivative movie but there's really good characters and i thought bernie was a really cool character too people constantly referring to her as weirdo uh ginger from ginger snaps is in this line. yeah <laughs> man like she was a ginger yeah this is like some this is really really strong characters in this and uh we'll get into the story portion of it right now but i i I loved everyone who populated this little town that was, I wasn't a big Gilmore friend, girls fan, but uh, Regina would watch it. So I've seen a lot of Gilmore girls. So this is like a, an alternate universe Gilmore girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's funny. The, uh, this movie, it's actually, this is a really short movie. Um, it is. It's, it's like barely over an hour long. It does it an amazing job. And the only reason I bring that up is because it, it does an amazing job of giving you like these characters that don't, they, you know, they don't really, they don't have a ton of screen time really, but you care about them and they give you plenty of backstory to make you, to make all their, all their time on screen valid. And uh, it, it's a, it's a rare instance of like a really quick pace with decent character development. And you actually care about the, you know, the people that are being hunted down, which is, you know, it's, it's wild. And like they do like, so the, it's a wonderful life, you know, thing. They, like I said, they, they turn it on his head just enough that there, you know, there are no, there are no like direct correlations, you know, it's called just kind of loosely tied together. And I yeah. really like I really like that aspect of it instead of just doing that one-to-one thing, which mm. would have gotten really old, you know, real yeah. quick. All these, these kind of personalities and 
and there i like that our main character is kind of trying to is kind of figuring it out as we do and i, I all those things kind of made for um like just a really great uh pace really great pace and i love i love the tone of the thing it was serious but lighthearted enough to be kind of silly at the same time it, yeah. it did a lot of stuff right it did a lot of stuff right I, I would say this is straight up horror, but it very much borders on comedy horror. Very much yeah. so much. Uh, I'd say it's very close to Scream, actually, which is it's not a comedy horror movie, but it has some really, really good laughs in it. I, I would count this among that. And uh, I agree with you. Like, aside from being a pun on It's a Wonderful Life, um, there's very little correlation. Yeah, she she wishes she was never born. So you got the It's a Wonderful Life tie in there. And mm-hmm. there's a scene at the end where she's like running around super happy when she gets back to, uh, to she comes back to the world where she really was born. And that's, but the rest of it, it's kind of in its its own little story. And much to your, much to, uh, to your point, I really did enjoy that because it gave it enough breathing room to do its own thing, uh, including having some really cool kills in it. Yeah, it does have some cool kills in it. I, I was, again, you know, the this movie's got the right, uh, this movie had the right, uh, it's been its time super well. And the, yeah, the kills, the kills were, were really good. Which one was your favorite? Uh, you know, I would say when the angel is first dealt with is a really yeah. good kill. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's very over the top. It's great. It's kind of like it's when, when it's happening, it's like, okay, it, can have already be happening but how can anybody survive that (laughs) yes it's well i I really like that one yeah i do too i think that's and like we the 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 intro bit is just super awesome but yeah i i prefer i like the stairwell i i thought that was so just like i mean it it was a good good one it was simple very very simple but and smart actually smart very smart that's why i like it i was like that was that was a clever one i'll I'll yeah i like that the uh and the kills like uh joe bob's first rule of these kinds of slashers is uh in order it to in order for it to work anybody can die mm-hmm. at any time and that absolutely happens in this like in this spoiler yeah. alert we'll talk a little bit about some of the kills but we won't ruin it for anybody but from the very first kill uh maybe not the first kill the first kill you can see coming um the don't want to sell if you don't want to sell your land to the to the to the greedy guy i mean you know I mean, and you're and you're you're, you're yeah and you're an older person you're going down but the 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 one that the people that die immediately after that completely got me off guard like i thought these are going to be the friends of the final girl like they yeah. were going to be her they're going to be her core four type of thing uh-huh. yeah they're just i mean family members and people are just like they're, they're just falling by the wayside and that was cool because it kept, after the very first death, I, I, I was like, okay, now I, I don't know who's going to make it through this, but mm-hmm. uh, that's what keeps you going. Because like you said, it's a short movie, but it, it's super, super efficient. This is a... Yeah, efficient. Yeah, yeah if, if it were an employee, it, it had a very productive day. <laughs> yeah, I know. It had a very... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, no, that's a very good point. The uh, I, I really... It was cool to have a movie, have that kind of pace, that kind of clip. Um, have the and then still there was still you know uh, an air of mystery up until pretty much pretty much the end you know yeah, and yeah. I, I was I was impressed that they could keep that you know going too you know this and uh this and uh you know uh Thanksgiving you know they're very they they're kind of like little companion pieces like they really they really for this yeah. uh 2023 holiday season they're great little little holiday movies back to back 
yeah, what a one-two punch. Thanksgiving what a one-two. Christmas. It's really, really good back-to-back stuff. Um, I also like how this holds to the Christmas like the Christmas feel from the first shot to the very end. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's an hour, so things are going really quick. Thing and mm-hmm. problems are getting solved very, very quickly. And at the end, it's what we had talked about. You get the happy ending that you had wanted. And um does does Winnie and Bernie does things move really really quickly with that friendship? It does, sure. but you know, no different than any other Hallmark holiday movie where you know the the businesswoman in New York goes back to her little town in Idaho and opens up a bookstore and marries the man of her her, her high school dreams. There, it's like the exact same thing. But I I love how uh, it's actually kind of bold because nowadays people are so cynical and they really don't want that type of ending from these types of movies. But um, I like how it just stuck to its guns. It was cheesy horror and it was cheesy holidays. I completely agree with you that, yeah, I think it's super important that they kept the end like lighthearted and like happy and uh i was really dreading uh the like that last scene i was like oh god they i hope they don't go extra dark here but they and no. uh and, and 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 the movie is way better for it uh it's almost too cheery even at the at the end but uh yeah, yeah. it's a it's a nice little cherry on top of uh of a fun it's a fun ride i mean that's the best way to describe this is like a really fun 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 sleigh ride uh, derivative but watchable um uh <laughs> it's a wonderful knife on, on shutter right now see or no see yeah man i i mean I, did i say out loud boy that was like stupid uh once or twice and sure that did not mean i wasn't enjoying myself i thought this was i thought this was light and uh but with some really great slasher kills and some really great slasher concepts it was really fun as derivative as it is which it is completely unoriginal i enjoyed it i think you should check it out yeah you kind of get what you expect from a movie called it's a wonderful knife like it's perfect for the holidays like this is definitely something that you should snuggle up with your favorite horror fan let's throw this on the television and throw on the fire lights and matches and uh, <laughs> watch this movie. You will not be disappointed. And every week you can find us here. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network where they have all sorts of horror-themed podcasts, including ourselves. <laughs> we also have an open review policy. So send us anything that you want. Now, we've been covering holiday horror, but, you know, we, we'll watch this anything at any time. There's something that we've missed over the past couple of weeks. You think that we really, really need to watch? Send it our way. We'll check it out. Please, please do that. And yeah, get a hold of us. We love hearing from you. And also, while I have your ear, the end of the year is a uh, for small businesses. So if you are a fan of any local business that uh, you get coffee, comic books, whatever it may be, beer, in my instance, it, it's a great time of year to go show your support, buy a gift card, uh, do something to support your local businesses. The major chains kick ass this time of year, uh, so help out the small guys. And you can get a hold of us by getting on our social medias. How about that? You can do that on Instagram and Twitter. We're Adventures in Movies. You can find Nathaniel. I call him Patrick. He's on Instagram at Adventures in Nathan. I'm Blake on Twitter at Four Eyed Horror. Regina Spooky out there somewhere. She's on Twitter at Danger Chavez. And next week, where's gonna get a little steamy is gonna be a little sacrifice happening dude i don't know man we're ringing in the new year already a little bit let's uh check it out next week
And uh, yeah, all that was very well said. And, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Amazon Music has podcasts now, including ourselves. We're also a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. So check us out on Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Adios.